and we're back again late on a Monday night, but we're here. Another hockey podcast. Wild games are going on. So live hockey on actual hockey podcast. All right. Um, and honestly, just do a little recap of both our podcasts. Last week, just podcast wise, it was actually a pretty good week. I know it was a missed- great week. I'm pissed at myself for missing underachievers last week. Yeah. It sounded like you guys had a blast. I'm not gonna lie. We did. We have I- two if you want to check our underachievers YouTube page. There we have two clips out of the whole thing. Uh, Brian and I talking about our graduation ceremonies are completely two opposite ends of the spectrum. I oh, I, 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 I watched it. I, I and, heard. Uh, I heard. Uh, we got another one on snow days. Those are just two. If you want to, I, I think it's only like 45-ish minutes, that podcast. So if no, you got, there's even more to that podcast that I liked. But those are just two things that got out. Main highlights, so yeah. It's worth to listen to. And also for our last hockey podcast, if you remember, we had Pete Weber on. So again, if you want to hit The National Predators Radio play-by-play announcer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, they've had so many cancellations. That sucks. I feel bad for them. Um, yeah. But it sounds like they had a great setup there. Uh, you know, he's, you know, doing it remotely, which is fantastic. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, huge thanks to Pete Weber for jumping on our podcast last week. That was a check, great you can time. Check the interview out anywhere on our podcast or on our Whitmer and Quake YouTube page if you want to see the video of it. Both of those are up on our pages now if you want to check them out. That was a good week last week. Hopefully this week is just as yeah. good. I'm not going to lie. Part of me is tempted for underachievers tomorrow to kind of bring up your questions on the podcast. But for me, because I, I want to tell you my side of the story for graduation and also, awesome. um, you know, snow days in general. Let's so be honest, it's snowed again today. Snow is going to come up in some form of winter. So you're just going right in there and there's a good chance yes. we're not going to have a lot of, a lot of talk about because fair that's enough, how it works. <laughs> All right. I love it. Um, so quick, you know, here's tonight's lineup. Yes. Uh, we got, you know, scoreboard uh, updates of scores around the league, of course, um, league news, uh, including the stat head. We're going to do not one, but two breakdowns. Um, New York teams, I'm sorry, we're going to oh, piss you sense. off tonight. Got to do both New Yorks. Yes, exactly. New York, New York, so nice they named it twice. New York team, you already did Buffalo. So if you want to hear that one. You ah, yes, we did. Yes, we did. There we go. Um, yep. Uh, so scores around the league first. Let's get this over with. Uh, currently, there are one, one, two, three, four games going on. Uh, one nothing Dallas over the Panthers. Blake Como is first of the year, four minutes, 29 seconds in, unassisted. Tampa Bay, Carolina, uh, the Sabres and Islanders are tied 0-0. one uh, nothing Calgary over the Maple Leafs. Sam Bennett is third of the year, just under four minutes in. Uh, the Leafs are currently on a power play. And, and seven and a half other, minutes left in the first. Four games that kick off. Yes. Uh, later tonight, you got the Kings and Blues. Uh, Golden Knights and Avalanche, Recap Ducks, Coyotes, that. Wild, and Sharks. And, yeah, um, we can break down the Lake Tahoe series. Uh, some well, Only one great game, um, you know, that happened. Yep. And then one good period of hockey on Sunday, if you're one team. Yep. The other, you had a whole great game. So Which, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk Probably about Probably not. Maybe. We'll see. We have to, unfortunately. But I know. We'll- uh, Wait, again, we'll, we'll break down the Flyers colossal loss this, to uh, the Bruins. I told you this the other day during the Lake Tahoe game, that first yeah. game with Vegas. There was a bunch of good games that night. There's a couple of good games on tonight. That yeah, no, Carolina, absolutely. Obviously, Vegas, Colorado. 
two key very good games um not tonight but the other night it was toronto versus montreal so a lot of teams that were kind of battling for like that top seed pretty much were going at it and i felt that was a good little yeah week. no for sure uh yeah that okay. was oh and there's also something i do want to bring up um it's kind of related to the league uh but it's again more so for the lake tahoe so i'll, I'll save it for that sure. for the tahoe talk um the, the stat head from yesterday of course, David Pasternak lit up the Flyers yet again. Another hat trick. Um, four shots on goal, 18 minutes and nine seconds. That was ice time plus four, like I said, a hat trick. Pierre-Luc Dubois had himself quite a night for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, two goals and assist. Uh, Brady Kachuk, two-point game himself. TJ Oshi and Mark Shifley putting up three points as well. Two goals for Oshi uh, and an assist. And then for Shifley, vice versa, an assist and two Sorry, uh, one goal and two assists. Uh, Elias Pettersson also had a solid night, two goals there. Uh, Matt Murray, he had himself quite a night, 30 saves on 32. Uh, shots, 0.938 save percentage. Connor Halbuck, um, three goals allowed, but he still got the W, uh, 0.912 save percentage, 31 out of 34 saves. Jake Allen, uh, looks like the overtime loss. Uh, three goals allowed, 36 saves, 39 shots, 0.923 save percentage. Yesterday's scores, of course, um, two of them, actually all, all but one game, which I'm sure you can guess were close. Uh, the one close one, of course, not was the Flyers-Bruins game in Lake Tahoe. Uh, Bruins destroying the Flyers 7-3, to three, uh, led by David Poshnock's hat-trick. Uh, the goal scorers were Farabee, Katoria, and Borch, uh, sorry, James Van Riemsdyk for the Flyers. Um, Ottawa topping Montreal in overtime. Suzuki and Corey Perry, the lone goal scorers for the Habs and for Ottawa, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris, his, oh, I'm sorry, not Josh Norris. Um, don't know this guy, uh, Norris for the uh, Ottawa Senators. Sorry about that. And Brady Kachuk, your favorite Kachuk right there. He's sixth of the year. Ottawa improves to 514 and one on the year. Yay. Um, <laughs> 514 and one. Um, Winnipeg topping Vancouver in overtime. Uh, Peter Luchtebaugh getting two, Mark Shifley one, Neil Pionk one, uh, Brandon Sutter and Elias Pedersen, the goal scorers for Vancouver again, Pedersen getting two goals, uh, Washington top of New Jersey, led by TJ Oshie with two goals, Ovechkin got a six of the year, Jack Hughes now up to four goals on the year, Gustav got his first, Andres Janssen, um, his third of the year. <clears throat> Uh, so huge spotlight here, uh, and, and this is pretty impressive feat. Players multiple hat tricks against the Philadelphia Flyers in one season since '79 and '80. Um, Pasternak, of course, like I mentioned, it's his second hat trick on the year, tying uh, Brian Trottier, Wayne Gretzky, Steve Eisman, and Alex Kovalev. Kovalev was the last one to do it in 2000, 2001 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He joins. The small company of now, uh, including last year, of course, five players to score multiple hat tricks in one season against the Philadelphia Flyers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, your goal scoring leaders, um, I'll do the top three. Uh, um, Austin Matthews blowing the league out of the way with 18 already on the year. Uh, and Brock Besser and Conor McDavid tied for 12. Brock Besser, you know, not getting as much recognition as you would expect. Um, there's a lot of talk between, oh, who's going to win the in Rock or Shar between Matthews and McDavid. Don't forget about Brock Besser there in Vancouver, folks. Um, you know, Kearns, yes, yeah, sir, go ahead. You know why I think that is? 
because Vancouver's off to a rocky start to the season. Oh, they're on a horrible and start. And um, it doesn't look like that Hobie signing was great for them. He's no, right now it's not looking good. But then again, when we do get to Vancouver, we can kind of break down that whole team. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, I'm not going to lie. They're going to leave him unprotected so they can protect yeah, uh, Thatcher Demko, of course. So that, also, that would be the smartest thing. Because, again, he did sign a two-year do- deal, folks. So perfect timing. Deal. Anyway, uh, top three standings. Um, all right, you know, we'll, we'll go We'll go uh, top four playoff teams uh, right now. Uh, Boston Lee in the East, 24 points. Washington second, 29. Philadelphia technically in third right now with 19 as um, they have the – uh, tiebreaker compared over Pitt, who also have 19 points. Philadelphia nine four and three. I'm sorry, eight four and three, and the Pittsburgh Penguins nine six and one. Carolina in the central leading the way just by a point. 12 three and one's a record. Look at it, the Florida Panthers are here to uh, fight for a spot. 11 three and two, one point behind the Hurricanes. Chicago above Tampa Bay, 22 points, and Tampa Bay of course 21 points. Uh, going over to the North Toronto with 30 points, leading the league at 14, 13, and 2. Edmonton, not too shabby, uh, 24 points, followed by Winnipeg, 23, and Montreal, 21. Uh, in the West, St. Louis has a very slim lead over the Vegas Golden Knights, 22 points at the record, 10, 6, and 2. And Vegas, uh, they 21 points, 10, 4, and 1 record. Again, that overtime loss for St. Louis is giving them the upper hand. Uh, Colorado in third, 19, and LA Kings of all teams, 7-6-3 seven, for 17 points for that final playoff spot as of yeah. right now. There's a bunch of all four of these divisions realistically that last spot's going to be really close, but if we're talking about close divisions where you just don't know where some of these teams are going to be, it's the yeah. North, the Canadian division, and that West. Yep. Uh, quick scoreboard update. Uh, one nothing Hurricanes. Jesper Faust, his first of the year, uh, 13 and a half minutes in. And one nothing Buffalo over the New York Islanders. Curtis Lazar, his fourth of the year, with two minutes and 45 seconds left in the period. Still one nothing in Calgary over uh, Toronto. And you have one nothing Dallas over the Panthers still. Also, the thing that kind of sucks for because it's still kind of early to look at these, but if you look at some of these teams, they just said that in their uh, games played. Uh, it's just that games played amount. And if you look at like a team like Chicago, when you look at the Central, they've played 19. And obviously some of this is is due to like COVID and stuff that the Hurricanes and that I feel like the whole division has kind of had some issues there. Even Nashville and Dallas mm-hmm. had a bunch of games that got canceled, but it, They've played a couple more games than the teams that are surrounding them. Chicago, at least. Same as Columbus. It hurts at the moment, but hopefully you can catch back up with, depending on how the season goes. But it's one of those things you just got to be be careful of. And that's another reason yeah. why the Flyers, I think, just point percentage-wise, why they're third. Also, they played one less game than Pittsburgh and two less than the Islanders. You know, they all true. have the same amount of points. This is true. Mm-hmm. Oh, good points there. Um, I know it's so even crazier. Yeah, go ahead. Obviously, the West isn't that great when you get out of St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. Really, really, to me, mm-hmm. Vegas and Colorado, the 
a little lower is St. Louis. Um, but realistically, four to eight, if, say, Anaheim won their next game and L.A. loses this game today, they could be there. Like, that's how close this West yeah. is. Uh, speaking of Anaheim, real quick, two big things. One, they put Adam Henrique on waivers. He cleared, mostly, like we mentioned, because of his contract. They also called up one of their top prospects, Trevor Zagres. This kid is unreal. He led the way during the uh, U.S. Uh, under-20 World Junior Championship uh, gold medal against Canada. He had, I believe, two goals in that game. So he's he's a big-time part of the Ducks' future. Glad to see that they're calling up their youth finally, and uh, he's going to make a very, very big impact for that team moving also, forward. Jeff, Jeff, Florida is finally listening to me because I've been high on this team for a little bit now. And all um, it did for like was, the last two years. Yeah. All it did was add a little grit and everything. And then here they are. I mean, now, yeah. Would they, be they, able they to have the talent. Oh, they do. It's just, on paper, they have the talent to be a playoff team crazier. on the ice. Who knows? Yeah. Bob is having another bad year, too. Yeah. Imagine if he's having a good year. Yeah. But that's the thing with Florida. If they want to make any type of playoff run or anything they need bob to play on this game especially when he got if this is those are the four teams that are in it well yeah florida will get lucky because <laughs> carolina would have to play tampa bay if the season ends today ended today. i mean hey so so they, far the bolts are not doing so hot against the hurricanes this season i know it's different compared to playoffs and everything but but i'm just saying I mean, the carolina that, hurricanes are Living up. No, I'm just that I was just saying that Florida might have just gotten a got would get a little lucky half them face Chicago versus say Carolina or Tampa Bay, which I think are the yeah, obviously you're not wrong though. in that division. So right. And even then I still think it's gonna be Carolina, Tampa Bay, whichever way that is at the time. That would be a pretty fun series though. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving forward, I yes. uh, will keep you updated again with uh, some scores around the league. Uh, I'll keep an eye out on the score just to see if um, if there's any updates there. Uh, so far, still the same. Mm-hmm. So let's move over to our deep dives. We've got two of them today. And uh, yeah. we head to the state of New York. Starting it off, because we are doing these in alphabetic order. I becomes mm-hmm. comes before R. Get over at Rangers. So the Islanders, <laughs> the team from Long Island, is who we do first. Who still cannot figure out where they want to play at home. No. Um, who? I think this year more than any other. Where do you begin with these guys? I've. This is the bigger biggest question mark I've ever had in all of hockey right now because I don't know how they're always like there and everything because. On paper, yeah. they're okay. On paper, they're okay. They're not anything spectacular. Not there's outside of obviously Matt Barzell, who is a phenomenal center. Uh, but then he's. It's just because you look at someone like Lou Lamorello trying to do this old timey kind of hockey in the way the NHL has changed. And you might think, oh, why don't more teams do that? It takes a lot to be able to do that. And I think this is going to be a very put up a critical year, and even maybe next year too, 
because as more people get used to this very trust system in the on the island more teams may be able to go about it a little better especially yeah. when you're talking about in division like this season when you're playing them so often and maybe that's why you see them kind of struggling to start this year Yeah, for sure. Because so right now, looking at the uh, standings me, here, if we're going on that list of where I put them, they're on that cusp for me of playoff team, but maybe should still be rebuilding. Because I feel like some of the like your bottom six, your fourth line, probably shouldn't be out there. But no, uh, yeah. So right now, the New York Islanders are. Eight, six, and three uh, through 17 games, 19 points. If the season ended. They're five, two, and three in their last 10, losing two in a row. Yeah. After that's not near great. the end of January, early February, they were on a very, when after like the flyer series they had against them, they were yeah. a little downhill, which was rare in this Barry Trotz era of the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't get how it's how they've done it. Obviously, the defensive oriented system has worked out well for them so far. Um, nope. I think we both have the same issue with Lou because he's playing many anchors, trash cans, whatever your term is for that. Now, uh, here's my teams. question: How much can you, to be fair, how much can you blame on Lou Lamorello compared to Barry Trotz? Because we all know Barry Charles is a great coach. Coach, so does does all the blame go it's right to Lou Lamorello? Lou, it's on a little bit of both, but Lou is the you, one that's I feel calling up yeah. and calling down players, and that you can definitely blame him on. Um, it's Trotz more so dealing with what he has and what he has. That's he's fair. Got those guys that he has to play, he's gonna, ha- and that's why he's changed the system is to be defensive because that's the way he felt. This is the best to utilize the talent he had. Yeah. Um, and kind of taking a look at their Which, current again, makes me very puzzled yeah. as why the Capitals didn't bring them back. It really, I really don't get that at all. It's the dumbest decision I've ever seen. I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, hockey wise, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so looking at their lines, it's Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, Jordan Everly. Everly. That's a pretty strong first line. It could yeah. be a little bit better, but it's still. For the most part, for what it is, that's pretty darn strong. Second line, Anthony Bevelier, who's I think a pretty underrated player, uh, with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. Mm-hmm. Could be better, could be worse. Um, Austin Zarnick, JG Bejo, and Oliver Wolstrom, who's finally, finally getting some playing time. And then your fourth line, dumpster fire line, Matt Martin, Casey Zizekas, and Cal Clutterbuck. Um, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pulak, that's a pretty solid defensive pair. Mm-hmm. Would you would I consider that a top pair? Absolutely not. For this team, probably because that's the best you're gonna deal with. Um Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield, nah, doesn't do much for me. Andy Green and Noah Dobson. Glad Noah Dobson is getting playing time. It's taking them a very long time, just like again with all the walls from getting actual playing time. But he's them, getting bottom minutes. The thing that helped them, which is unfortunate for uh, Boychuk, but because he was, yeah, he got hurt and retired. Yeah, he he had, was forced to retire due to injuries. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. he had then had a spot. So again, it was good news, bad news for because of that for Noah, uh, you know, John Boychuk. 
Um, and the New York Islanders along with Noah Dobson. Again, Noah Dobson's 21. The kid has what it takes. I thought Dobson. They're just not playing him. He played like one game. And again, that was because Johnny Boychuk got hurt. No, yeah, he did. He played one game. He didn't. He barely played, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it was late. And if I was, my bad. I, yeah. Uh, I think it was against Flyers, if not Lightning, that he played. No, you know, I think it was Flyers. I think it was Flyers. Um, uh, anyway, let's not so, forget about uh, Andrew Ladd, who hilariously <laughs> next season, for some reason, his contract yeah. goes up a little bit to five and a half million from the four four point four. Uh, Are you serious? Yep. Oh. <laughs> and obviously, and there's also is up one point one two five mil. I love it. There's also uh, oh, sorry, um, on their taxi squad. Yeah, sorry, one one point seven five mil. That's it. Is mm-hmm. yeah, Wallstrom is on the taxi squad for God knows. Oh, and Kiefer Bell is also on the taxi squad again. God knows why, but they should actually be playing also, instead he of. He should probably be playing because if he's able to do what he did with Bridgeport last year, where he put up twenty some goals yeah. for a team that doesn't put up a lot of offense. Nope. Why wouldn't you want to get more offense? Right. Yeah. So. That's what the owners are dealing with. Uh, going to the offseason, uh, Casey Zizekas and Andy Green, along with Corey Schneider, are all UFAs. Uh, Zizekas, 3.35 cap hit. Uh, the RFAs are Anthony Bavillier, 2.1 mil. He's going to get a decent pay raise. He's only 23, but he's going to be worth money, in my opinion. Michael Dow Cole, 700,000. He's a bottom six depth guy, uh, and, and Adam Pellick. Um, he's going to get a decent pay raise. I say probably three mil at absolute most. Um, AV. He's he's a younger guy, twenty six, not too young, but he's a pretty sharp defenseman for the most part. In Ilya Sorok and um, two mil RFA right now. Um, you know he's probably going to get you know. Ex- Extended at some point, I would it's imagine. Be extended, but it's not um, going to be for like a no. giant Oh, and they deal. also have to re-sign Kiefer Bellows, which is a huge deal in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes. So that's what the owners are dealing with. Um, they have a first Colorado second. Remember, they got that back in October because of the Devontae's trade. Um, and then there are Three through seven picks. Yeah. Sorry, what were we saying, um, Mike? We even covered this a little bit too, but Barzell was a big thing this offseason too. Yes, that was a so huge a deal. Camp for them to come to a deal. Yeah. Matt Martin, for some reason, who didn't really want to bring back, but brought it to a tryout. He's on the team again for way, but no. four years for Matt Martin. Genius. I mean, he just follows wherever Lou Lamarillo goes because that's all. Yeah. Wherever he's gone, Lou Lamarillo has been there. So you're not wrong. Um, what do you make of this Islanders team? Like, where can they finish in the standings? If again, I, you had to predict. I know you and I are very different on this, at least prediction wise for the season. I think they missed the playoffs this year. I think Pittsburgh would just be able to sneak, squeak in past them. I think the four That's teams fair. you see now are the four teams that are is what the playoffs. East is going to look like. Yes, and I think the Islanders will miss it. Okay, and I think it's fair to say. Um, I mean, looking at the top three teams, that's pretty set in stone. It's really going to be a battle between Pitt and 
the New York Islanders. But again, if I'm predicting what I said yes. several months ago now, the Pittsburgh Penguins will miss the playoffs, leaving the last spot most likely for the New York Islanders, unless the New York Rangers, which is certainly tiniest bit possible, could sneak in for a playoff spot. Or the Devils, maybe. But keyword. Even though I highly keyword tiniest. Yeah. That they have a slim chance to the Devils. So like a point one. Yeah. One one point. Yeah. One. Really, the final spot is between Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Yeah, because the other three teams, the Rangers will get to in a little bit. The Devils, you both kind of agree, they're kind of rebuilding, and Buffalo is just a dumpster fire. Buffalo is Buffalo. Yeah, they're dumpster fire. He will probably lose, yes, uh, Jack Eichel. At some point, yes. Um, what else do you think? All right, so, so looking at the New York Islanders right now, again, they're 8-6-3. and three. They lost two in a row, 5-2-3 in the last 10. Pretty dang awful. What do they need to do in order to improve? What do you want to hear? <laughs> do you want to hear Flyers, uh, Flyers fans still kind of know that they beat us in the playoffs? Do you want to hear me a little sensible, give them a little credit? Uh, or be mean sensible and credit non-biased advice or information whatever you want to call it for the sake of the podcast all right um (laughs) again i think you just need some firepower barzell i think that top line he needs someone with them i mean i get it your b line i think they like calling it the bailey uh, Bolivier and uh, Brock Nelson line. That's an it's, awful name for a line. It is, but again, but, I'll have B as a name somewhere. Um, yeah. I still prefer issue, that 70s line a couple years ago in LA. So, yeah, the other issue I have is Pacho's good, but that's way too much for a third line center. Yeah. I'll put it this way. I think, again, when around the trade deadline, if you're that desperate for oh, yeah. we'll get to that a player, when you get to the yeah. players. But well, I mean, I meant like I meant like right now with the Islanders, like again, like and it can, we can oh, bring it back with the Flyers. I was just saying that in general, just wanted to get someone big from that deadline mm-hmm. just to push you forward, which I think Basho right. does help them at least depth wise. He does, but again, I, like I don't think missing. the contract's going to help them. No, I also feel like they're missing wingers to pair well with. They're, they're missing. They got centers pretty well covered. They're missing wingers. Again, call up some of the young guys. Make sure that they stay put I'll give, there. I'll give Cal Clutterbuck this, that he's good on the PK and defensively and that stuff, yeah. so I get why you want to keep him Yeah, there. he's a big body, um, can block shots, You know, can cause some trouble there. But for me, Sezikis and Martin, for what I – I just get him out of here. Or just don't make them it, take the spots of guys who could actually potentially – you never know what they have because – all right. You don't know what you can get from Wallstrom or Bellows. Because even in that flyer, no, it was like, I guess a month ago at this point, uh, that the two of them played each other. And yeah. like the first game, the Flyers, not really destroyed, but they did really well. I think they swept them in both games. Uh, they went to overtime in both. They got two points. I know that. But the Flyers won both games. And in the first game, they had both Dobson and Keith Bellows and Wallstrom in. And then because they were struggled or struggling, maybe had 
you know, little rookie moments or not their Mm. best games. Their next thing was, okay, let's go back to what worked and put these kind of scrubs in, in my opinion. Scrub guys, but the guys that have worked for us. And again, another close game. They lost a game in overtime. Yeah. I, I, again, it's kind of like the Dave Haxtell situation all over again, because, but for the. And maybe it's just because when Islanders, the yeah. Flyers struggle against the Islanders, I haven't really seen them face any of the other teams. Maybe it's just the Flyers versus Islanders. The Flyers just can't seem to figure out their number for some reason because all their games are just very close, usually ending in overtime. Or very close it, to it. It's, it's, I think the past couple of years, it's, it's pretty much since Charles came in, it's again that boring Islanders hockey that we're used to seeing, unfortunately, now where it's mm-hmm. a very frustrating hockey to watch. It's very frustrating. Where, the Flyers can combat it. Um, yeah. But. Well, but again, one thing that didn't help during their playoff series was again, their stars didn't show up. You know, like no one was really showing up that they needed yeah. to until it was way too late. I agree. Um, David score. No, exactly. So, so well, again, I think technically he did, but they gave the goal to someone else. Yeah, the Provorov. Yeah, but um, but that's just my thing so, on Islanders. They don't really. Yeah. Again, they're a team that doesn't do much to me because realistically, to me, I feel like they aren't really. This is right. a little bit of my bias to them. It's like they're not biased. My uh, annoyance with them or Flyers fan kind of thing. Yeah. It's like. I just don't know how they're that good. I just don't I agree. see it. There's no um, pieces, obviously, that very trust factor, which obviously it's huge, but at some point that factor does is going to come back to haunt you. It's just what happens after that gets yeah. figured out. That's the next piece that they have to figure out, and I think this season is where they're trying to battle that. Right. Which then goes back to Lou, who was GM of the year last year. Um, and maybe acquiring someone doing something because there's something missing however again like i said with those contracts you got a bunch of guys about five seven million uh that's not overwhelming amount of money compared to other teams and top guys but still you got a good amount of money spread out that it's like if you're gonna try to acquire someone you gotta hope they don't have a big contract or they eat some of their salary or i agree uh and you certainly gotta do that um Speaking about big salary, the New York Rangers, and uh, they got some contracts to pay up uh, yes. this upcoming offseason. They have more, uh, they have actually a lot of RFAs, um, some key ones too. Um, Pavel Bichnevich, um, he's actually a pretty, he's 25. He's he's a pretty darn good young uh, forward for the Rangers. I, I would certainly, you know, for, you know, I wouldn't spend overspend on him, but no. to bring him back, but he's worth bringing back for sure. Again, yes, I know these guys are RFA, so they have the rights to them. Yes, I know that. Uh, but still, it's you get my point. Like, them right? and the team feel their worth. So Exactly. So right now he's making 3.25 ml AAV. I think he could get a bump up to what Ryan Strom's making the 4.5 mil per year. It yeah. also – I'm saying at, at most – if I if I if I were the GM, I would I give him that. Go, add I want to go five million or above for. Exa- that's my point. Um, that. He doesn't. He hasn't done enough, but you know, I think he's definitely earned you know four four point five mil at most. Um, Julian Gauthier, uh, this kid, he he was the uh, he got drafted 
um, the year Garmin Rubisov got drafted. I was actually hoping the Flyers would draft Gauthier, um, but uh, Gauthier, Gauthier, however you want to pronounce his freaking name, I don't know. Uh, I'm waiting for Jim Jackson to announce it. <laughs> um, he is but, Canadian, Gauthier. Gauthier, there you go. Um, yeah, so I, I you know, which, I, I like Gauthier's play, which is crazy. He was drafted by Carolina and they traded him to the Rangers. Yep. Uh, again, he, he was uh, the Flyers traded back to get Rubisoff and a pick right before mm-hmm. them was Carolina. They picked Gauthier up. Uh, the, the, it was really just a prospect for a prospect trade, you know, Gauthier for another prospect. And I think he has what it takes to be a top nine forward, an effective one too. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. Well, only 23, but they got to re-sign him. Uh, Brett Howden as well, they got re-signed. Uh, one of the very few RF, or, sorry, UFAs, uh, they fill up – wow, can't words. Um, DiGiuseppe. DiGiuseppe, thank you, Whitmer. Um, Brendan Smith, 4.35 mil I've out. i a couple of Rangers in... games the last couple of days, so <laughs> – some of these names are coming familiar to me because I watched There you them. go. I, uh, and my personal favorite, Jack Johnson, for 1.15 mil. How much do you want to bet he's going to get a pay raise? Like 2 uh, mil plus. I doubt it because they don't even really use him much. He's... You never know. Um, and Ryan Lindgren, uh, another RFA defenseman, 23. He's going to you know make 1.2 coming up most likely in that range. Uh, Philip Cheadle. Uh, that kid is uh, good. He's 21. Uh, he's proven to be a pretty effective player for the Rangers. Uh, Igor Shosturkin, uh, their goalie, he's currently on the taxi squad, which surprises me. As they play, keep keep relays the backup. Okay. Well, I, I, I want to say if, if I'm a Ranger, the Rangers GM or coach, I would want Shosturkin to get there, you know, as much action as possible. And, Really, just rotate between the three of Kincaid and Gorgiev and no, um, Kincaid is straight back up. You know this at this point, so there's no reason to. Well, no, no, that that I know, but I would still like to get. You know, I would like him to be in that locker room with the guys okay. to help. You know, be that veteran presence. Um, you know, maybe one or two times. Lost, um, your Hank. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, the Rangers being smart this way, they are able to protect um, Gorgiev as Shusterkin is is uh, exempt from the expansion draft, leaving Kincaid available. And no one's going to take him, no offense. Um, and yeah, that covers that. And Lieber Hajek, uh, he was in a, a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple years back. Um, he's another young defenseman, so long as an entry level okay. contract, he's still got- expire. He's still got. He's still got some things to prove. I, I like his game, though. Um, you know, and again, I saw two Rangers games. I saw the one against the Capitals, and obviously mm-hmm. the one against the Flyers, where he took them to a shootout to beat a depleted Yikes. Philadelphia Flyers team. You took them to the Yikes. shootout. You actually, you know, yeah. you. The Flyers scored first. You did come back, but you let the Flyers come back with a depleted lineup. <laughs> who could not find a net? Who could not get a shot through at all? And you yeah. let them come back. Again, as I've said in the past cup few seasons, I think, since we've done this, 
any these deep dives. We talked about the Rangers. They're a, they're still rebuilding and got lucky. It's just call it what it is. You got lucky getting Kaka. You got lucky this past draft getting Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Again, oh, yeah, big time. I have this little, not a hunch, but this feeling like you do with the Penguins back in their back-to-backs that the NHL kind of kind of pushed it because they want the New York City, New York Rangers to be yep. relevant again. So Yep, and how do you do that? Yeah, and that's probably some... my Philadelphia Flyers bias saying that, but I mean... I mean, yes and no. The, they you have them. a point. That fucking that Red Wings got screwed over. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> yeah, I mean, hey, good for LA for getting a top pick, top you know, second overall pick. They deserve it. They need it because they're not relevant right now. If it wasn't for Anze Kopitar, um, yep. and uh, Drew Doughty, but mm-hmm. and I needs all the help they can get. And like I said, Detroit goes great. Um, all right, looking at the standings here, we kind of broke, broke it down a little bit. Currently six, seven, three for the Rangers, fifteen points. They're four behind the. Uh, they're technically five points out of a playoff spot. Four to tie for a playoff spot, really. So theoretically, four. Um, they played one less game than the Capitals and the Islanders. Uh, one more game than the Flyers. Um, they are five, three, and two in their last ten as well, and uh, they've won two in a row now, which is pretty impressive for them. Granted, it's against the Devils, so not that impressive. They I'm sorry, the, not uh, the not the Devils. I'm sorry, the the, which is more impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done okay. They're getting a little better. The issue they're going to have, and we don't really want to get too much into this, but Panarin is taking a slight leave. Of absence? Yes. Uh, there was a report today. Again, we don't want to get into too much details. We are not going to speculate. We won't bring it up all up until we know all the details. Yeah, but he's taking a um, leave of absence. And to me, at least, he is easily your best player. So if you had 1000% thought that maybe you could sneak in, you need Panarin. Hockey wise yes. speaking, you need Panarin because he's, to me, your best player. And realistically, to me, since you do have a captain, I think he should be your captain. Because you can team, certainly make the, argue the for, argument better, for him. The team plays better when he's playing. And for the lot of how of their success last year near the end before pause, the pause happened, mm-hmm. I feel like he was a huge part of it. Panarin. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Him and Zibanejad um, played well. huge minutes. Yeah, Zibanejad did well, but a lot of that was around Panarin. That's why. Oh, for sure. You can uh, absolutely uh, argue that. uh, For the uh, heart, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't win, but he was a finalist. Yes. He was deserving. Yeah, no, absolutely. 1,000%. He he had a hell of a season last year and his first in New York. So it's weird to me because for some reason, every year, or at least this year and last year, uh, everyone's mm. been really kind of high on the Rangers, expecting them to be in the playoffs. And I don't know if you are on the same boat or not with uh, me on this. I just don't really get it. I get it. In the uh, sense that uh, again, got, it's it's the same thing. Get, it, it, it's that it's that top Al- pick. It's that top pick yeah. effect. You get you get the number one overall pick, who's again an actually effective player and automatically becomes 
one of your top 10, five best players on the entire team, despite being a young kid. And again, the hype becomes real and you think, oh, you know, they'll solve everything. There's going to be a bit of a learning curve. There was a huge learning curve with the Devils with Jack Hughes. Potentially controversial. I would love to hear it. You should have selected Byfield, not Lex. Quinn Byfield, yeah. So, you know, it's funny, actually. That's not that controversial. Do you know why? Because I thought the exact same thing. There's certainly different ways to look at Lafreniere because he's supposed to be a good again best player available again, absolutely. Not, but again, same thing with Jack Hughes last year. I'm yeah, not jumping best right player into the available. Bagot. Like he's going to be this huge potential fame. The issue player. I need to see him. The issue is for the Rangers, like you just brought up, Mike, an excellent, excellent point. The Rangers the centers. needed centers, not wingers. I love Alex uh, Lafreniere. He's going to be a heavy player, and he's going to be one of my players to watch for the rookie of the year. Will I get that? I don't know. Um, but again, my opinion though, he's he's a good player to have on your team. However, is he right for the Rangers? Probably not because they need centers, not lingers. You're not crazy for thinking that? I thought the same exact thing. I even considered, okay, because uh, there's Mike Camito, who I've talked to him a couple of times. He helps cover, uh, he's a hockey historian. He helps uh, write things for the LA Kings. I was uh, talking with him a bit over Twitter, and he kind of agreed that uh, the wing that you know, he was hoping that again he said he was more so hoping that the Rangers would take Lafreniere over Byfield because Byfield you know just like uh, you know he wins the Kings you know just like with the Rangers the Kings need centers because I could see realistically Byfield replacing Jeff Carter to start his career as a third line center and Carter goes up or down a line kind of thing, or eventually bumps Carter down kind of thing and just moment, overall takes a spot. At the moment, I believe he's in their IHL team. Yeah. For Byfield. yeah he, he is with the Ontario Reign. Mm-hmm. Um, like so we'll, your top players are wingers. You have Zubanajan yeah. and Ryan Strom's okay. He's I he's say, so overrated. It's unbelievable how overrated yeah, Ryan Strom is. A pretty, he's a pretty good like third line center, but they're using him as a Second, and then after that, you, yeah, he's you drop off even more because then he got Brett Howden, who's okay. He's still coming. And he's then, not terrible. He's not great. He there's still a bit of a learning curve for Brett Howden. He needs and, more ice time. Uh, he has potential to do relatively well, but again, he needs more ice time. He needs to again. You can't it, 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 just like with anyone, you can't just throw random scrubs together and say, hey, guys, figure it out. You've got to give the guy a chance at some point with some talent, you know. Um, with Brett Howden, you, you have to do that. Kevin Rooney and on your taxi squad, the only other center you got is Colin Blackwell. And only Colin Blackwell, Brett Howden, and Mika Zibanejad, or at least on this Cat Friendly page, the only true mm. centers. Ryan Strom and Kevin Rooney have played wing at times. Yes. So, I mean, it's not great, but you need to prove there. I also believe you still need to prove a little bit on your defensive end as well. Yeah. Also, yeah, they are um, not completely sold on Gorgiev and Shostakin yet, as other people are. I think they're they'll be fine. I'll, I'll put it this way: I think they're but, more proven and they're so far better than Elias Sorokin in for the New York Islanders. I will sure. give them that. I think they're better um, as of right now. However, though. 
they need to, you know, again, you know, they're, they're very young goalies. Um, you know, they need to be given a chance at actually getting ice time. I think they're getting a pretty fair chance for the most part. If I'm wrong, correct me, please. Uh, I think again, for the most part, they're getting a pretty solid chance overall at proving, you know, were, were the guys. They've done pretty well at splitting time. I yeah. Believe. I haven't had a chance the last couple of games uh, for them because they've been playing the Cavs. I'm out here in DC and with the stupid black restrictions, I can't watch the games. Um, I would love to see how they look in that. I'm very excited to watch yeah, their Sister, next couple of games. So Shirkin's played 11 games and Gorgiev has played six. So that right there tells me they like um, Gorgiev's game. And they trust Kincaid him. Has but to get into a game for. That's fine with me. I like the idea of having, you know, the one two punch of Shishdark and. and uh, and Gorgiev, I think that's a solid, solid tandem for many years to come. However, again, they need time to really yeah. figure out for right who's now, the true starter. For right now, it's good. Again, I, I think I think it's Gorgiev that's the starter. However, what's what it's telling me right now is that, remember they didn't get a whole lot of chance to see uh, Shesterkin last year because he was in that unfortunate car accident last right. year that limited his play. So it's still plenty of Gorgia last year. He played great. Uh, I thought he was one of the better spotlights for the New York Rangers. Um, I do think that eventually, um, you know, he'll get back into that starting role for uh, Gorgiev. But for right now, they are getting Shesterkin uh, more of a chance just to see, again, what he's got. Is he, again, missed quite some time last year. Also, even though he's not on the Rangers anymore, mm-hmm. Hank went on a run the other day. His surgery went well. Yeah. His recovery is going well. Which is well, awesome. So this was that was freaking awesome to see. Just a little update on Henry Conquest. Yeah, as well. which is, again, fantastic. Uh, speaking about updates, let's take a quick look at scores around the league. Um Right now, one nothing stars still. Uh, they're currently in the second, 13 and a half minutes left. Remember, Blake Como scored his first of the year, four and a half minutes in. Uh, the Lightning tied it up. Uh, Steven Stamkos, captain, two and a half minutes into the second. Stammer's ninth of the year. Um, the Islanders also tied it up. Honors lead his eighth of the year, just four minutes in. Uh, Leafs are still down one nothing. Kings and Blues have started officially, 0 0 in the first, 16 24 left. Uh, we'll keep you posted as the games go along. The next game starts at nine. Next two games start at nine. Vegas, Colorado, and Anaheim, Arizona. Then ten thirty is the last game, Minnesota and San Jose. Yes. But now that we're done talking about the New York New York teams, let's move over to our own team. The Flyers. Yes, we actually got quite a bit to talk about the boys. Good and bad. Yeah. And potential stuff. Um, And potential stuff. um, Obviously, and I guess this is also going to tie in a little bit of the Lake Tahoe stuff, because obviously this past weekend they had the games in Lake Tahoe, and to me the game last night for the Flyers, I'm still in the thinking that maybe that game shouldn't have happened. Just yeah. because of the, the so many people, the flyers are happening, and to me, I was thinking about this earlier. I, this to me reminds me of remember in the NFL season this past season when the 
Broncos had to go to their practice squad wide receiver to play for a game. And you know, like yeah. they played a one like one pass and they got pretty much like got destroyed. Yep. Because all their other quarterbacks got on uh COVID, COVID protocol right. and then they couldn't do anything, so they just let them play instead of postponing it. Yeah, so that's pretty much like the analogy similar, here. That's a similar situation the Flyers found themselves here. Because you're without half of your starting forwards. I yep. guess they were the missing Borachek, Konechny, Limblom, Lawton, and Braun. Yeah. Those six. Mm-hmm. Your fourth line consisted of two defensemen moved to forwards. One who's technically converted over to already, yes, forward. And surprisingly, um, the other one who hasn't played forward since he was about ten or so, who actually did better than the others. Uh, Mark Freeman, spoiler alert for those who didn't watch, moved to left wing, and Sam Moran, uh, he's a wing as well. Smartly didn't watch. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, for Sam Marin, though, I'm sorry, uh, Mark Freeman, he actually looked better than Sam Marin at that was, Winger. Yeah. That was not a great fourth line. It Carter was Hart, uh, he had Ugh. a bit of an off night. Hartsy, um, Hartsy, Hartsy, Hartsy. He had a rough night in that. Um, when do you think they should have pulled him? Well, it's coming. It's AV said how in the game that after he was going to pull him, he told Elliot or whatever, he was going to pull him after the fourth goal, but mm. because they had to go on the power play or pin and kill shortly after because of Andrew off, uh, he didn't feel like it was right to put him in, in that situation. So I think at that point, I you're get, not I wrong. His, I get, his I get the there, reasoning. I'm not thrilled with it, but I get it. Yeah. I would have put him at, pulled him after the fourth goal. I, I, no matter what the situation is, as soon as the fourth goal happened, I would just yeah. pull him. Because yeah, yeah. how soon after actually, the fourth goal did um did uh, uh, Andrew get the penalty? Literally as was it pretty immediate? In. Yeah, like right after the goal went in. Nice. That's well, why I sent yeah. you the text about Andrew off. Yeah. But yeah, it was not um, a good game at that point. I get, and this is. Bit the flyers in the ass, even going back into the bubble because I think they just a couple other times playing 7D for some reason just doesn't go. It's well. not a good move now. I get the thought of playing 7D against the Bruins because half of your forwards aren't playing, so might as well try to be, do well defensively as you can against them. But I wonder if put mm-hmm. Freeman in. At wing, I would have had him split time between Gustafson, Braun, maybe even yeah. at times, just I, I, because. I'll, yeah, that's uh, to me. I feel like that would have been. Um, yeah. have the been other thing better, I I but... thought of is why not play David Kasha? I mean, yeah, I get it. I, you he was one of the few people I, who I felt in that Rangers game that actually looked decent. Exactly. That's my point, so though. It's... Is again, like the fact that Kasha actually looked pretty sharp against the Rangers. That's not so much against. Because it's against the Rangers, but again, I don't care if you know if this is against the Rangers or not. If David Kasha, who run you, is a left winger, mm-hmm. a forward, if he's playing it particularly well, why not give him a freaking shot? Give him a chance. He actually might do something. Now I get Av's reasoning, but again, he'll be more effective at forward than both Freeman and 
um, or I would be combined. So you know, again, that one, I think that one's a bit on AV in my opinion oh, for not starting David Kasha. Um, also, one thing I think that really didn't help their cause either. It seemed that I don't know um, if if anything came out of this, but it sounded like I heard Brian Boucher, if not Eddie Olchuk, say that uh, Maxime uh, Shusko I got some kind of leg injury, or I don't know what happened exactly, he, but so he ran into the board. He probably he lost his, gotcha. He lost his footing, and then pretty much gotcha. Yeah, I, I knew something happened. I I didn't. I I just assumed he like blocked a shot or something. Uh, I again didn't know what, but um, so that was my thing there, and uh, yeah. Oh, also, Bruce Cassidy just, is a good enough coach where. If you see that fourth line that the Flyers put out there, dude, literally, they're not gliding out there because they're just going to eat them alive. As did that other one that faced them. It was a nightmare. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. But um, because I've seen a lot of, because obviously the Flyers have been a little rough patch a little bit. Mm. Um, That people were giving hard, hard time. Yeah, uh, which Ugh. I guess it's fair because he's had a little bit of a slow. Start he's had a rough season. batch. That's, that's no secret. That's... The Flyers have just—they've done well against every team except the except for the Bruins, essentially. Literally, the Bruins had their number this year which, for whatever reason. Speaking is a good thing to me because the Bruins are the best team you're going to have to face in your whole division. Yeah. That's fair. That's a, that's a very that doesn't good mean point. You can't phone it in every other game. You face these other teams, but mm-hmm. in that sense, to me, at least on paper, they fare better against the other teams at the moment than they do against Boston. And still, right. they have yet to play a game against Boston with a full Flyers lineup. And I still think yeah. if they're all out there, the Flyers can't take the Bruins. They, they have, a, obviously, a better shot, yeah. Yeah, a better shot. Um, but I think Hart will just get – he'll get better. It's not going to be an overlocking junior year slump for or however long no. Hart's been playing for now. Um, this is his second found, full season, mind you. What I found uh, funny because Mitch came oh, home God. this past weekend and obviously we're looking up uh, doing hockey stuff. And, um, of course. Do you know, Jeff, that Carter Hart has already passed uh, Sir Gabriel Brown? He's the youngest – Oh, I was going to say something else. He was the youngest player or goalie in NHL history to play an outdoor game. I don't care about that. Um, Sorry, that's why I thought you were going with that No, he actually just passed uh, Bobrowski for Flyers wins. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, I mean. It's a good thing that it happened this quickly. That's that's a good point. But it's kind of a bad thing because it's like – well, in the sense of Bob, because Bob, Bob wasn't here that long. Right. That, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, was he? Because he was here. Yeah, I don't know. It's Let's He wasn't here too, too long. What, like two seasons, I feel like? Because I think, I think really like two seasons, 11, 12, yeah, and seasons. 12, 13. Wow. He actually played 10, he played 10, 11, and 11, 12. Oh, that's what it was. And then that offseason, they traded him to Columbus. Yikes. So, Yeah, I was just that was just something interesting I found. Just you know, yeah, random very. Fat, fun fact of the day. Woo! Um, but outside of that, 
um, because there is a good amount of issues that the Flyers are having, and it's not just the depleted lineup. Because it's been all season, the shot issue, and that's going to be the bigger problem that the Flyers have to deal with. Uh, Not just that, it's actually getting shots on goal now, not just Mm -hmm. shooting, just actually getting them on net. Uh, Obviously, another bright spot, because I don't want to just dwell on the negatives, Obviously, Faraby is still as hot as he was. Faraby looks freaking on fire. Their little COVID pause they had. Even JVR has looked pretty good still afterwards. JVR had two points last night. I'll say this though: I don't. They're doing. They're playing great, but I don't know if those are the two guys they want with uh, Carter Hart. Or, wow, with Sean Couturier <laughs> on the first yeah. line when he's shutting down. Um, the pasta line, the perfection line. It's right. Called. It's not an ideal line. I, I, I would imagine because, again, with Sean Couturier. Be better because Farabee's pretty good, actually, defensively. And as he yes. gets better, puts on more muscle and all he's this. Not he's, gonna, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. They actually didn't. But he's change. getting there. He's getting there. And I assume they'll just go back to putting them on the third line with Lawton or something. Um, Most likely, yeah. Now, Hopefully, the guys that are on COVID come off soon because my thinking is for the next game or two, maybe change it up a bit and throw Giroud and Couturier back on the line together. Yeah. The old first line together. Um, not only would that be great, but I think you could potentially get some people out of their funk that they've been in a little bit. I feel like even yeah. before the COVID stuff, connecting was in a little bit of a funk. He definitely was. Um, uh, obviously, Lemblom and Patrick currently are in a little bit of uh, uh, funk. But again, I'm going to give them a big leeway because obviously Oscar with his uh, going through cancer and all that. And uh, Patrick now playing in near nearly a year before the season started. And the Flyers right. have played, what, how many games so far? They've played 15 games, and these 15 games are the most he's or, or it's all he's played since 2018. So, yeah. So, I'm going to give them a little more leeway in that sense. But for me, I think for Patrick, you got to put him with comparable people. I would actually think, cause even though I just said a lot and throw him back, I would throw the two hottest people with him to see if that gets him going any. Put them with Fairby and JVR on the third line, and then you get the yeah. fourth line back with Lawton, Raffle, and Abi Kubel. I think your second line would then be Borchek, Oscar, and Taze, and then TK, Coots, uh, and Drew. Just I just do that just for a game, just because just to. Get some momentum back in your favor because I feel like you've they've kind of lost that. A you've bit definitely you've games. definitely lost a step. Yeah, that's just my thinking. I think your D pairs are still actually still well or still good enough. You just need to for the most part. I mean, they're as good as it's going to get right now. Obviously, yeah. I did see somewhere um, not too long ago. I think it was even from the Far Square page uh, that they had loaned. Um, a couple of players, including Dave Kasha, um, Sandstrom, I believe, yeah, they, back to the taxi squad. Mm-hmm. They've done that after every game, though, so I don't want to look gotcha. too much into that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, I wasn't that sure. Like more cap raisins more than anything else. Yeah. No, no one's come off of COVID yet. Gotcha. I didn't think so. I, I, I just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. uh, and bring that up real quick. I was like, yeah, I don't think it's too much, but hopefully. <laughs> but your defense, so. but the pairs you have in your defensive end is what is Provorov, Meyer, Sandheim, Ghost, and then at the moment, or la- yeah. if we're going off last night's game, it was uh, Gustafson and Haig. Yeah. Now, when Braun comes um, back, it's probably going to go back to Gustafson and Braun, which I mean. That's just a great third pair. Yeah, terrific. Um, um, real quick, got to cut in. Uh, scoreboard update. Aaron Ekblad has tied the game for the Panther Stars, his sixth of the year. Uh, Victor Hedman, his fourth of the year, giving the Lightning a 2-1 lead. Uh, under nine minutes down the second. 2 nothing Flames. Uh, Matt Thiukachuk scored his 100th career goal. Um, his sixth of the year on the power play. 2 nothing there. And still 0-0 between the Kings and the Blues. I got one last thing we get off before we get off on the uh, yep. the podcast and everything, and that's a trade rumor that's come up. Obviously, we had Pete Weber on last week, and he thought um, Ekholm would be someone that would be on there uh, that Seattle could take. But yep. it appears that Seattle may be or Seattle, wow, Nashville may be selling off pieces at the deadline just because they've been possibly, struggling. possibly, possibly. And one of those pieces, which I think is probably going to happen anyways, is Ekholm being on the block and the Flyers, along with three other teams are being rumored to potentially be interested. Mm-hmm. I forget what the third team was, but I think you said it was what? Boston. So the, so the 14 total Boston, Winnipeg, Washington, and Philadelphia. That's what it was. Um, so, so let's start with Boston. It's no secret. They need help on defense. They lost Chara. They lost Tory Krug. They didn't sign Petrangelo. They're hurting for defense. This could be a big get for the Boston Bruins if they pay the right price. Now, they remember, Ekholm. Def- they have a young defense, but I don't think it's there. They do. Ekholm's only 30, really so that's not great. It's not their terrible. Person, um, their oldest player on defense is Kevin Miller at 33. Yeah, so even Ekholm won't excuse me, um, be the oldest. But remember, though, he's going to be – he has to be, um, you know, um, it, it, if it, you know, he would need protection for the expansion draft, um, most likely. And again, I, I don't think he's, he's got a, a no uh, he's got a no move, so oh, he does. Mm-hmm. I think he does. I did not I know that. So, um, but even so then he... in that case, he would need to again be protected, um, potentially, yeah, or you just leave him unprotected and see who takes him. Um, that's true, yeah. Or you just do not getting screwed over by like Florida did with Vegas, or you just do a trade with Seattle. Say don't yeah, take this and guy. And just say, hey, take this guy. Yeah. Say take Lawton, for instance, instead of this guy. I don't think people right. will like that because Lawton's played well, but realistically speaking, you've got guys coming up, Frost or even group stuff if he wants to come back over from the KHL. Isaac um, Gratcliffe. I was talking more centers that could take that for Oh, gotcha, spot. gotcha. Even Bunneman. I'm with you. Who I know you're not the biggest fan of, but fourth line wise, he's pretty solid. Fourth line, yeah. Gets job done, I guess. Um, but anyway, so back to Ackholm. Um, you know, the four spots. So there's Boston's reasoning. Again, they they need help with defense. Um, you know, 
but however, the fact that uh, according to the athletics article well, written by Pierre LeBron, for these teams need defense. They need the help. Yeah, so that's just going to be a um, common theme with all these teams. Yeah, I mentioned. So. so here's a huge reason why that doesn't scream desperation. Upgrade the Bruins D line uh, is the fact that, like Pierre LeBron says in the article, the Bruins ring top five in goals against per game so far this season. Um, they've been more than fine. He does, however, feel that Ekholm's well, all-around game experience and, of course, the best part, the contract and, will and be a good fit for the Bruins. They also have Tuka Rask in that. So, I mean, yeah. yes, the defense may be playing well, but you also have Tuka Rask yeah. into the top three net minors in the whole league. Yeah. And your pipes. Um, Boston does have their first-round year intact, so that is certainly – a possible approach there um, to do that. And again, take a John Moore deal, uh, maybe like 2.75 mil AAV through 2022-23, again, according to the article, uh, if that stirs things up enough. The Winnipeg Jets, um, they're loaded up front. Um, they have for some yeah, type of defense. They also have their first-round pick. However, they would need to clear cap space. They have nothing. It's possible they could try, again, according to the article, uh, and, and, and all of this is according to the article that I'm referring back to, just making that clear now, Matthew Parole's expiring deal, 4.125 mil AV. Um, however, it's possibly also not likely, as LeBron mentions, as they just made that major deal with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. So on paper, it makes sense. However, is it realistic enough? Probably not. If I had to put the Four teams want to pick up the bottom. Nashville would have to bite a good amount of his contract. For and everybody. that's the other thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Capitals, they need some more they help. Some more uh, they're help bottom third in goals against per game. Um, After they were already kind of busy this offseason trying to get defense, even go back to the deadline where they got Brendan Taylor. Keep in mind also. Laviolette well, used to coach the Predators, who knows him better than is a former um, coach. But so that as is Pete a, Weber has said, even as a Flyers, he's not – Peter Laviolette isn't the best defensive oriented. No, it's more offensively. Plan, so. um, Ekholm has some offensive has, sparks yeah, on. Yeah, he has that ab- ability, and uh, I think anything could really help for Washington's yeah. sake. Um, I agree. Uh, last but not least, of course. Especially since Flyers. On, I got to piss off another team. Oh, 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 let's go. I want to hear it. I got to piss off another uh, – Metropolitan, but there. East team. I'm not sold on John Carlson being one of the top five defensemen oh. in the league. I'm sorry, I'm not. He's great offensively, sure. He's a good offensively, defensively. Right. He's I'm also good. Me saying this, I'm not saying not he's a bad defenseman. Good. I'm not saying he's a bad defenseman. I have to clarify this. He's saying but, he's a terrible defenseman. Yes. But. <laughs> In the game I saw against the Devils, Jack Hughes, a second-year player. Last year, he was one of the worst forwards in the league. He gained some muscle, but he made John Carlson look like a bitch. He didn't score on the play, but he made him look bad. He made him, I'll put it this way, Jeff. He made him look like Andrew McDonald. Wow. He turned him around. It was bad. (laughs) Like, wow. 
Wow, John, you're supposed to be this great defenseman. You should be able to take this kid. Also, you also oh. let in both games, they let Jack Hughes, the previous number one overall pick, score. And the game before, Alexi Lafreniere also scored. So the past two first overall picks scored against the Capitals. Man. I'm done. Feel, feel, feeling the heat. Feeling the heat. I'm done. <laughs> Man, calm down, Whitmer. Calm down. Again, he's not a bad defenseman. Don't take my words wrong. But (laughs) in terms of best defenseman of defensive abilities, I'm not not there. Anyway, last last part. Let's get to thinking. So we're obviously going to the Flyers for this. One, the Flyers could easily. Because I get why people won't want the Flyers to do because they like the people that they have, whatever. We're no different from that sense as well. But if the fly, if you want your team to, especially the Flyers sense in this scenario, if you want your team to not just be a team that's going to be in the playoffs but make a run while you're in the playoffs, you need to make a trade like this. You need a piece. Your blue yes. line. Could use some work. The only issue you will have is he's a lefty, left-handed. So in that sense, it's another like doing lefty, righty. It might screw over a little bit of how you want to do D, but even if it does, I mean, there's going to be some learning difficulties, but I'd still take him because at home, Sanheim, if that's a D pair, that's a solid second D pair. That's a straight hell of a deal. Uh, no, sorry, um, D-line right there. Yeah. Here's now, the thing, though. I know people aren't going Because Mitch and I were also talking about this <sighs> over the weekend. Yeah. The Flyers have a good amount, I think, the best out of the four teams to offer Nashville yes. for them. I don't think it's going to be an overwhelming amount, but I'm open to – I don't know if you're going to be so open to this – treading our first overall pick – or first round pick, sorry. This year, I, I was going to suggest that honestly. I, I love making because sure the Flyers draft. If you're going to make a, however, I feel like it would take more than just a first round pick. Oh, for I agree. A, you're um, probably going to have to do next, call. like a third round next year or something like that. I'll, I'll put it this way. So, um, so does it? You know, is it? Um, you know, a first and I, I, I if, if I'm the Flyers, it's probably a first and the. B or C rated prospect. I'm not giving up Morgan Frost. Not no, giving not up giving up someone like that. No, no. Cam York. No, probably not Bobby Brink. Um, here's an interesting one. How what would you consider this a first in Isaac Ratcliffe? Potentially, yeah, if I that's if that's enough. If that's Again, enough. The Flyers have pieces, and unfortunately, some of these pieces aren't going to be here. It sucks to say, but I know once right. when you're in the Hextall era, those first few rounds are like, okay, I want to see this guy play on the Flyers, but the Flyers are outside yeah. of that realm of, or what we hope to be, of we're just a playoff team. If they want to be actual contenders, you need to make moves. You need mm-hmm. to actually be okay with losing a first round pick. I know yes. it's, it's not the um, best because you, you do have value there, 
but there's two things I think that can devalue it for this season. One, Flyers are probably going to go to the playoffs, so where they're going to pick, it's probably going to be later in the draft, realistically speaking. It's already in mid-teens, early 20s. Yeah, which isn't great already. Plus this, it's unfortunate, but this year with COVID and everything, not all juniors are playing. So the prospects you're getting, you aren't getting a great scouting look. You can look at the juniors, yeah. world juniors, stuff like that, but even then, how long it doesn't that tell you be enough. Because again, one one player can have three good games like, in a row, but they could be a bust. Yeah, this is something me, Mitch, and Mitch and I were talking about. Is like this draft seems going to be it's going to be a very lottery esque kind of guy. If you're going to choose some, you're going to go off maybe the season before or something like that and see. Okay, Probably maybe. you might have to. You don't might not have a choice. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think in that sense, it's like, okay, I think you can risk it for this this draft. I think you can risk getting rid of a first-round pick. In worst case, yeah. come to the draft, try to get one if you want one that badly. But Exactly, and I'm sure point, it won't be that Flyers hard. The don't need any more prospects. They don't need any – well, they could use some more prospects, granted, but why not use that to bolster your defense? Also, in Ekholm, yeah. bringing Ekholm in, even though it could be a little confusing at first, trying to figure out where, where he would fit, I think you could potentially get your fix that you lost with Niskanen retiring. That's exactly the point that LeBron made. The, the surprise announcement of Matt Niskanen making his retirement, he'll be a perfect fit and a replacement for Matt Niskanen and Matthias Ekholm. I think he'd be a great fit. Like you said, top four with Travis Sanheim. That would make a hell of a deep pair. Um, I think it's better to make a deal now compared to later when the bidding war is really – Again, the closer you get towards the playoff spot and the trade deadline, um, you know teams are going to get more and more desperate. So was, they're going to. If this was any other year, the draft, the trade deadline would be right around the corner. But oh, yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> Literally in like a week. Yeah, it's February twenty second. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just something I would do, especially year? since the Flyers have had some defensive issues this season. And I think an Ekholm could vary. And even in the offseason, we're trying to find a second deer, second uh, pair of defensemen. Hmm. Um, all right. So announced actually just um, yesterday in NHL. Um, the trade deadline is scheduled for, 2000, uh, for April 12th, 2021. According to the article that was released just yesterday from the Athletic, really, All right. which would be very Damn interesting. It. I was hoping that would change, but this hasn't. This trade paper hasn't changed since October. Sorry, buddy. Hopefully, it'll change. We'll see. Um, that's all I got for tonight. Yeah, that's um, all I got too. But definitely keep an eye out for Mateus at home. See if he could go somewhere. In the next month uh-huh. or so, uh, can a if team pull Nashville the trigger on a move early? I could see it. Yeah. So um, look out for the Underachievers podcast tomorrow. Yes. Um, other than that, that's all we got for today. Go, check out go hockey. Check out all our highlights from last week. They're all good ones. And with that, that's all we got for today. And we'll see you next time.